0: Hey guys, in lieu of a typical uh flashy intro song that we would normally do, uh I just want to take this chance to um say a couple things. Um that just like now is the time to a you want to spread some positivity uh if you can. Um just, you know, tell loved ones friends that you love them, care about them because this is a the the world's not a bright place right now. Um and you know, everyone could use a little bit more positivity. Um, also, uh, educate yourself on uh, some some topics uh, that you might not be, you know, fully aware of. And lastly, I would ask that you check out BlackLivesMatter.CA.R.R.D.CO. I'm sure we'll link it with in the tweet for this episode. Um, yeah, it's an ever updating list of ways to. Um, help, donate, uh, links to protest maps. Uh, it's always updating. Um, and Just please go check it out, share it with other people. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully you like this episode. Hello and welcome back to the Whole9Sports podcast. Uh, I am your host, as always, Dylan Sanders. Joining me today is my co-host, as always, Brandon Olson. And we also have a very special guest, former Minnesota football player, Winston D. Uh, the third, uh, you can find him on Twitter at w underscore d underscore i i i on Twitter. How are you doing today?
1: I'm making out okay, man. It's 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 one day at a time. It's an everyday fight. It's an everyday thing. Everybody's head is spinning. You trying to balance. Athletics right now with the NFL and CFL kind of being on a halt or slow motion, but then at the same time, you want to go out and you want to fight for all the injustices, all the things that are going on. So it's literally like I'm waking up at about 8 a.m. I make sure I get my workout in. And from the time I finish my workout until I go to sleep, I'm at a march or a protest or a rally or I'm doing something positive to be able to give towards the cause. So that's how my days have been going.
2: Yeah, um, it's it's just a weird time to be alive right now with just everything happening. Uh, before we get into it real quick, because you said you've been at protests and everything. Um, while you've been there, have people been wearing masks or are they kind of just like forgetting about coronavirus and everything? It,
1: it depends. It depends really on how hot it is. That's what I've noticed. So on the hotter days, people are taking their masks off because it is, hot, it is hard to breathe out there while you're navigating and stuff like that. But for the most part, I've seen everybody like really masked up, not trying to be up on each other's backs or trying to be as close as possible. But you know, when you're passionate about something and when things like this are happening, people just get close. It's it's natural when people are, all fighting for the same thing i feel like the physicality part of it kind of goes out the window and and you're just close up on somebody because you're you're together with somebody so everybody's been masked up and goggled up the best that i've seen possible with the circumstances that have been taking place
2: all right um and of course before we get started just want to point out that everybody pretty much at whole nine sports like we've had discussions about it obviously we all think just what's going on with all the just all the cops just killing people just with little to no repercussions is just wrong and that there needs to be some kind of reform and of course we're standing with you but I I just wanted to let you know that before we got started and uh the first question is just because there are people out there who don't understand or they disagree with protesting and riots uh I just wanted to from your point of view Would you share your thoughts on why there are protests and riots going on just all around the world right now?
1: 100%. Um, So something that I wanted to hit on as soon as you guys asked me to come onto the show was that these marches, protests, riots, everything is long overdue. So I'm from Baltimore, Maryland originally, went to school in Howard County, Maryland. In 2015, the rest of the country looked at the Baltimore area in confusion when we exclaimed that we had enough, then five years later, we see the same thing going on, but yet the entire rest of the country has the same amount of pain and frustration. So you start to ask yourself like, what do do we do when peaceful protest doesn't work? What do we resort to questions like that? And that's when you have to flash back into history. You go way back to 1968, which I say way back, that's when my mama was born. Not trying to put her age out there or anything. That wasn't that long ago, not at all. But that's when the last civil rights bill was passed uh, on fair housing. And that came after the assassination of the most peaceful protester that America has ever known. And that was Martin Luther King Jr. So after he passed away, there were riots that caused the speedy passing of the 1968 civil rights bill. So that came because of the riots that came after. Many could argue that it came from the peaceful protest, but Martin Luther King Jr. was taken away before that bill, that last bill was even passed. So then you can kind of twist the knob a little bit and people say, you know, it's, it's the system, it's the system, stuff like that. Well, personally, I believe that the system isn't broken. When the system was created, Black people weren't taken into account at all. We were all looked at as three-fifths of a human being. So all of American history, we've kind of been last minute write-ins to life, liberty, and and the pursuit of happiness. And if we can't get the bare minimum of life, it's no way that we can break free into moving on to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. So then you can twist the knob back again in the history. You can keep moving back. And you can say in 1788, when the Constitution was officially ratified by all the official states, quote unquote, at that time in the state of New York, they passed a law saying that all, slave were, all slaves were deemed slaves for life. So at the same time that they were talking about life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, they were saying that if you were a slave, you could never become free. And that was a literal law that was passed. So when slavery went away, you know, physically, um, that's when a lot of mental stuff was being pushed forward. So you can ask like, okay, if the system isn't working or it's broken, you know, where did it come from originally? So being a police officer way, way back when was just patrolling for runaway slaves. It wasn't literally being a police officer like how it is now. It's a lot of technicalities that come with that and everything. But you always have to look back at where the roots of something comes from, because that's how you can find out the amount of oppression that can trickle down from it and the amount of pain and anguish that can also come from it at the same time. So no, a lot of people have asked me, do I think every police officer is bad? No, I don't think every police officer is bad. However, I do believe that everyone has a heart to choose what they think is right at the end of the day. And many officers that decided to stand by and watch while injustice occurred are just as at fault as the ones who completed the literal act of the injustice. So I start thinking and I'm like, okay, I can come on the podcast and and I can talk about history all I want, but... Some people might've got a C in history in high school, or you know what I'm saying, they they might go to sleep in history class. So then I start to think about a psychological perspective, science. So to embark on that journey in 1973, um, the Zimbardo-Stanford Prison Experiment took place. They took a whole bunch of people, they dressed them some up as guards and they dressed others up as prisoners. And they were paying them $15 a day to take part in an experiment. They didn't know many of the guidelines. They didn't know what was going to be done, what the rules were, what they weren't. They just told them, you're going to be here for a certain amount of time. And then after that, you know, you can leave. So they dressed people up as guards, prisoners. And then at the end, they told them the findings were they found de individuation which is a state where you become so immersed in the norms of a group that you lose personal identity. When Zambardo came in and he let the guards know to hold the law to the highest standard, it was absolute chaos for six days. The guards had tormented prisoners so bad that actually three or four of the prisoners decided they wanted to go into a hunger strike. And, and these are college students that were tr- just trying to make $15 a day. I don't know how much that would equate to us, you know, doing an experiment now, how much money that would be. But I know a lot of guys on my team or a lot of people that I went to school with that wouldn't mind making X amount of money to go through a psychological experiment. They they just wouldn't mind it. So you start to see in your mind certain things are tweaked when you are a part of certain groups. So in that group, many of the guards were putting the sins and the bad natures and the ideals of the group on the group instead of coping with those actions in themselves. Instead, they repeated the actions with the group instead of taking the actions on and holding it as responsibility to themselves. So that's kind of my whole background on many things that I feel like have led up to recent history. Um, A lot of people feel like it's hatred that's coming out of the side that wants to protest and different things like that. But I can tell you from a black man's perspective at 22 years old with a master's degree in this America that it's, it's not hatred, it's fear. It's being upset, it's being tired. It's knowing a loved one that had to go through something or going through something yourself. And it's just hurt. And and after a while, people get tired of trying to repeat the same cycle of peace, peace, turning the other cheek while they're getting smacked in the other one. So it's like peace, peace. And at some point you have to break a cycle to make a change. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Peace over and over wasn't getting any different results. So that's like the history that that's kind of led up to this moment in my mind, at least when I think about it.
2: In uh, in your response, you mentioned Martin Luther King that after he died was when change was made after there were riots. I think it was six or seven days of riots following his death. Yep. that change finally occurred and when i've been speaking to just people just all over social media in person whatever oftentimes they'll ask like okay but like rioting isn't the way to do it it's like if this is the extreme that we have to get to or that we have to go to in order to get to where we should be as a people and it's like so be it because the last time that there was a major civil rights movement. It was Martin Luther King. He got killed. There were riots and then changes made. So, I mean, if this is how we have to, if this is what we have to do to get the change, to get where we should be, then so be it in my eyes. that's.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tricky situation because we're all people at the end of the day. We're all people at the end of the day. So the people that are protesting, that are tired, that are upset, that are angry, deep down inside, you don't really want to see anybody getting hurt. But that's the reason why you're fighting so hard, because you're tired of seeing people get hurt. So my message I want to push is that nobody protesting, marching, doing anything like that wants to see anybody get hurt, but everybody's just tired of everything that's been going on. Everybody's tired, they're upset, they're stressed, for the past couple of days, I couldn't, I can't even sleep. I'm up at three, four in the morning thinking about, okay, what's my next move so I can make sure that this happens. So this person is aware. So that person is aware. Do I need to take this 18 hour trip to Minneapolis so I can be up there with my brothers right now? Or can I just go down the road to DC? Or it's like you're, you're shuffling and you're thinking and you're trying to make sure you have this base covered and that base covered, and, it's just so much turmoil and, and angst and things building up within you that you really just don't even know how to express it, but to find some way to help.
0: You know, That's and it. you you mentioned uh, Minneapolis as a, as someone who went to college at the University of Minnesota. Do you, like, do you feel a special connection to the this particular movement uh, because it you know it it started not because of like you know George Floyd in Minneapolis, but that was like the tip of the iceberg. Do you, do you feel like a special
1: connection with, with it right now? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it it really clicked with me the other day when um, I was actually talking to Carter Coughlin about this whole thing last night, because on I-35, I don't know if you guys had saw the, the semi-truck rolling thousands of protesters on the highway and all my teammates were out there and they were all texting me because we were texting back and forth. I'm seeing it happen on the news, et cetera, et cetera. And they were all talking about, I can't believe that just happened. That could have been any one of us getting hit by that truck, you know, stuff like that. And it it really hit home with me different when that happened to a whole different level because it's like, those are my brothers and I want to be up there to go up there and protect them while this is going on, just like they're up there marching because they want to protect me. Carter Coughlin is not a Black man in America, but yet he was out there willing to get hit by that truck because he wants to make sure that Winston DeLatibodere gets to go home at night to his family. That's what Carter Coughlin was up there doing. He was up there risking his life, because at the end of the day, when you see a truck rolling down the highway going a certain mile per hour, I know we're fast dudes. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Football players can move. Carter's a fast guy. But at at some point, you have to look at it from a real perspective. And that's somebody risking their life for justice. So that, that was my special shout out to him and other guys that were out there. Clay Geary, Thomas Barber, Kamal Martin, Seth Green, Brevin Spanford. I could go on and on and on and on and on. But it was so many people that I knew out there people that I knew from schools I volunteered at, kids that went to the schools I volunteered at, different people I had classes on campus with, you know, people who worked in the football building. It hits so close to home and you're looking, you're like, these people are all really fighting for this one thing. And it's people out there who still don't want this one thing to occur. No matter if people get hit by a truck, people get hit by a bus, a car, uh, I even saw somebody get hit by a police horse and that was the craziest thing in the world. But people still don't want this thing to occur when it's thousands of people coming together, telling each other that they love each other. So I'm not understanding from, from that perspective. But like I said, at some point people get tired and things need to happen and change needs to happen. It yeah, makes me um,
0: feel, uh, uh, especially grateful about like hearing about how things, uh, you know, shockingly, Louisiana is not like a very peaceful place, um, especially like in the New Orleans area. But hearing about how well and how peaceful everything's been and how well the cops have been, you know, understanding of all the protests has been really uplifting to hear from over here. And, you know, my heart goes out to everybody that, you know, has ended up getting hurt because of all this. Um, like you said, like you look and you read it on the news like it could have easily been any, any of us. And it's, it's just crazy to think about.
1: It's, it's, it's absolutely insane. And I, I don't know. It it touches my heart because it's thousands of people out there. I I looked on, on Twitter today, I'm seeing people in France. It's, it's people in all these different countries and, and they're, they're, they're fighting for us. They're fighting for us.
0: All 50 states, multiple nations worldwide. It's, Australia is doing it, Europe's going all for it, South America, Africa, it's... If, if people can't, like, look at that and see, like, that's, like... Like, stuff like that is, like, while we're fighting, like, this has nothing to do with with anybody in any other country, but, you know, we're all humans, and they're coming together and showing their support for us, and I think, like, that's really what this is all about. Um, so I don't see, like, how people can, like, look at stuff like that and still not understand what's going on.
1: Yeah, it's it's... It's insane to me. And then you bring it back kind of close to home and you're like, okay, you know, you're, you're a football player, but you've played on a team with guys that were Canadian, French, Canadian, you know what I'm saying? Australian, white, black, you play with dudes from the North, from the East coast, from the South, from all the way to Cali. Cause you know, Cali thinks they run the West coast. Well, they probably do run the West coast. I'm an East (laughs) coast boy. I don't know. But everybody's coming together on a team and everybody's looking at each other's heart. Nobody's looking at each other's skin. Everybody's looking at each other's heart because everybody knows that that's the way you achieve goals. And if we really want to achieve anything in this country, we got to start looking at each other's heart rather than looking at each other's skin because looking at each other's skin has got us right where we are right now on the verge of something very horrible right where we are right now. And that's not what we need to be. That's not what we want to be. We still have kids in schools that don't have books. We still have people in parts of the United States who don't have clean water. We still have people who don't have heat in the wintertime in schools and then don't have AC in the summertime in schools. But yet we're out here and we're fighting for justice just not to die. Just think about how deep that is. It's it's kids that literally can't eat in this country, and we could solve those problems if we start looking at each other's hearts. But yet, we're just trying to stay alive.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's just I don't even know. It's wild stuff right now. It's uh, it's it's hard to describe. It's it's heavy. Um, It's
1: heavy. You don't even look. You, I understand. It's it's heavy. It's heavy. But but these are the things that I think about every single day. It's like clockwork. It's it's like boom, 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 boom. But one thing that I wanted to bring to everybody's attention is that this just didn't start now. A lot of people are getting a chance to see this because their lives have slowed and stopped due to coronavirus. People are more tapped into social media. People are more tapped into a lot of different things. But this just didn't start now. It didn't just start now. So as a people, I feel like that's something that we all need to realize that this has been something that's been going on. And I've had like old teammates or even from high school teammates reach out and have asked me, what can I do to educate myself better about this topic? Well, everybody gets on Google and Googles everything. You can Google a lot of constructive things just as you can go ahead and Google funny memes and stuff like that. So if you get to looking at the history of police brutality and it goes all the way to Rodney King to before that, to before that, to before that, and the only reason why everything is so widespread and it seems like it's so much worse and so crazier now is because everybody's lifting up their cell phones. Everybody's lifting up their cell phones for everybody to be able to see that. So... What's going on now, I want everybody to know it has not just started. George Floyd is the straw that broke the camel's back. Rest in peace to him. But there has been a million other names before him that have been slain by police officers who couldn't care less about them just because of the color of their skin.
2: And, um, we've discussed protests already, and we know that you've been at a few. You mentioned that people were masked up and goggled up, but, uh, what have your experiences been like while you were at the protest? Like, I know we were talking a little bit. I was at one yesterday where uh, most of it was us chanting. Then we marched to a precinct. We marched back to where we started. Uh, what has your experience been like at protests?
1: Um, it's It's been interesting because it's it's different based on who's running it, but it's all the same message. So it'll be different based on who's running it as to, okay are we chanting this over here at this building or are we gonna march down here to this building or are we gonna march around this building like for the most part everything has been the same type of format but it's all depending on who's running so yesterday i went to a protest and actually they had people you know saying different speeches doing different artistic uh, things like rapping, poetry, you know, just kind of pouring their soul out into the mic. And um, something that hit me was they had the mothers of people who their children had been killed by police officers come up and speak. And that was the heaviest part of the whole day for me because you're hearing the pain of the person that birthed that child Talk about how their child isn't there anymore due to the same problem that we're out here fighting for. And that's why I want to keep pushing the fact that this has not just started. This did not just start when coronavirus started. This did not just start a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. This has been going on. And the mothers stood up there and they spoke on the microphone with unity, you know what I'm saying, with love, with passion, but it was so much pain. And that's what hits the hardest. So for anybody who goes out to these protests, marches, and there's people that get on the microphone, really listen to every word that they have to say because the words are significant. They are significant and they mean something. Nobody's getting up on the mic just to be loud. You'll know the difference between people getting on the mic just to be loud and get people getting on the mic to say things that mean something. So please just listen to what people are saying. Um,
0: and just... Uh, another question uh, just around around this whole like type of situation um we were wondering if you have any like personal experience about being discriminated against by
1: the police um yeah well the the earliest one I could remember was um I was in the Fort Lauderdale airport I, I'm sorry and...
2: I'm sorry but the fact that you have to say the earliest one that you could remember is insane
1: yeah the well the the earliest one that I can remember and I feel like this is it's it's the one that kind of woke me up to kind of like what the world was like. I was 12 years old. I was at the Fort Lauderdale Airport, and um, I was with my mom and my dad and my and my brothers. We were flying to Jamaica because my my dad's from Jamaica, so I'm Jamaican, and um, we're we're all kind of just standing in the terminal. But I told my mom I wanted to go get a smoothie or something like that. I don't even exactly remember what it was, but my mom was like, "Be careful." one of these police officers in here is watching you you you're a 12 year old boy i'm like okay like okay mom like you know what i'm saying i i kind of go about my my business and i'm a i'm a bigger kid for my age so i'm walking and all of a sudden somebody grabs my arm so i'm i'm thinking it was like maybe like my dad or something like that i turn around and it was a police officer standing over top of me and he was like sir i'm gonna have to see some id right now So I'm looking like I don't even have an ID. I'm 12 years old, so I'm just looking. And my eyes immediately lock eyes with my mom. And my mom runs over. And she was like, "Uh, what's the problem? What did he do? He didn't do anything. I was watching him the whole time. And the police officer said, "Uh, we have reason to believe that he had robbed a lady two terminals over or something like that, and we have to bring him in. He matches the exact description of a 23-year-old man or something like that. It was something nuts. And my mom was, like, getting into it with the police officer. And at the end of everything, the police officer was like, oh, I'm so sorry for the mix-up. Like, that's that's just my bad. I'm sorry. Your son fit the description. Just have a nice day. Like, it was just something that he could kind of, like, brush off. But from that day forward, I feel like it was like God let my eyes be open to everything that I had been being warned about growing up. And I had been seeing and, and hearing from my friends and, you know, just just seeing happen, but hasn't actually happened to me. And then when that happened, it was kind of just like the whole rest of my life, it, it became a thing. It was, it was repeatedly just a thing until you kind of just get numb to it. I mean, the fear doesn't go away and the fear of your heart kind of dropping into your stomach doesn't go away. And then after like, you know, you you get a little bit of jitters. And I'm gonna be honest. I'm, you know, I, I could be a big strong dude, but I can let y'all know how I feel after things like that happen. You know, it's it's an anxious experience, even getting pulled over for going a little bit too fast and on the highway. It's, it's it's an anxious thing. It's it's like heart wrenching, and you just you kind of don't know how to react after, and all you can do is just kind of like breathe and just thank God like you're still alive and nothing has ever happened to you from it. And you know, some people aren't as blessed to say the same thing so i thank the lord i'm still able to be here today to speak out and speak up and speak to you guys two guys who you know have told me how much they support everything that's going on and you know with unity with love with peace all that stuff and i just i don't know i'm i'm blessed man at the end of the day i'm blessed
2: yeah this is sorry this is obviously like i'm 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 a white kid so like i don't I don't have to worry when I go outside and I see a cop that he's gonna like discriminate me in any way. They're just gonna be like, okay, like that's just that's just a person walking by.
1: Right. So it's Like
2: for for me to just hear this firsthand is very uh, it's very eye opening because I've had teammates that uh when I back way back when I played football in high school they would be like, oh yeah, like I was just walking around and the cop is doing this and I was just like. I mean, that sounds weird that you were, like, just walking around not doing anything, but it's, like, the amount of times now that we hear of people that are literally not doing anything and just right. getting in trouble and seeing that just, really, in America, just black people have to live on edge at all time because the police were supposed to be protecting them make them feel very uncomfortable, and it's just... Right. It's astonishing to me.
0: Yeah, someone I know, uh, you know, oh, like... Oh, white kid he told me his story the other day about whenever like he pushed a cop and it like just like drunken like drunkenly on the street and like he just the cop just all right move on like he he just realized like he should be if it was someone else, he would have, you know, possibly gotten killed. And it's insane. Like he didn't get in trouble, he didn't get arrested or anything. And it's just like privilege. Like, yeah, it's white, it's white privilege, and it's right. you know we get a, the benefit of the doubt, and it's just like crazy to hear, and it like hurts to hear firsthand about you know how how different everything is, and like that's why we want to. That's why we want to do this. Like it's just, you know, sometimes people need to just hear about it firsthand
1: yeah and it's a i give a i give a special shout out to a lot of my uh, a lot of my football players out there a lot of a lot of the big boys because um you know at the end of the day a lot of the police officers are going to be extremely more scared of a big black man you know what i'm saying so that's something that they're always you know gonna keep in the back of their head and i was outside of city hall uh in baltimore at a protest two days ago and I was just kind of like re- real close to the barricade, but I was listening to a, a police officer and one of the protesters talk. And and they were talking about an uh, instance that occurred maybe a week or two ago where a police officer hit, hit the woman and uh, knocked her out from behind and, and, you know, different things like that. And and he was talking about, you know, if you and this guy, and he pointed at me, he was like, got into an altercation or a yelling match or you guys are wrestling or fighting or something like that. He was like... Automatically, no questions asked. I'm going after this guy, so I'm just standing there and I'm kind of just listening to the conversation. And I'm like, "Sheesh, maybe I'm not even the aggressor aggressor in the matter. Maybe I'm not even the guy who's you know punched the other guy or anything like that yet. But he's gonna come after me because you know I'm, I'm the big black dude in the situation. So that's that's what's gonna happen." you know, nine times out of 10, we'll shoot 10 times out of 10 because I haven't seen it not happen in any other type of way yet.
2: Yeah, and um, obviously you were talking about you've been at protests. Uh, is there a specific organization in particular that you'd like to shout out or talk about or anything?
1: Um, Right at this moment, I've been literally trying to help everybody out that I see. <laughs> It'll be my friends sending me different flyers posters to come to this posters to come to that um but actually no i could leave you all with organizations in minneapolis that really need help right now you know what i'm saying because that's the epicenter of everything that's going on Please and do um, that. i could have you guys pass that on to a lot of the listeners so they're yeah. able to, to help out even if they're all the way in anchorage alaska yeah they it's... could go ahead and send some money or something like that
0: so send that over. We'll, we'll be sure to connect it to the tweet whenever we tweet this out.
1: Most definitely. Most definitely.
0: It's it's, it's kind of a, a bigger question, but uh, maybe like what, what changes are you personally hoping to see like as a direct result from
1: everything that's going on right now? See, that's that's the that's the question. Yeah, that's the question, because there's so much that needs to be changed and there's it seems like there's so little time for these things to get changed however we need to see a complete and total revamp of the police department everywhere there needs to be certain training implemented there needs to be different strategies for being able to arrest and apprehend people it needs to be a total revamp of everything that has to do with the police department because like i said the system isn't broken. The system was do- is doing what the system was made to do. The system is doing what the system was made to do. It's, it's not broken. However, if you can revamp and recreate an entire system, all of a sudden it's inclusive instead of exclusive. And I feel like that's what we need. So number one on the list, that's what we need. We need a recreation, a revamp, a restoration, whatever you want to call it of the system that we're living under right now with law enforcement
2: yeah um yesterday the protest i was at the main thing they were talking about was that they wanted to basically defund the nypd because the police are not policing themselves uh right that's been one main thing and i had someone in my family yesterday say oh look when you went to the protest like what what did you want to change? And my response was literally anything because nothing is working right now. Right. Um, so it's it's hard to answer that question because there's just so many things that need to be changed. Um, and then just I, I just have one more question for you. And it, do you have any advice for people who want to protest peacefully?
1: Um, any advice I can give them. Basically, what I can tell everybody who wants to protest peacefully is is to do it. I feel like that's that's the first step. You guys want to go out and you guys want to protest peacefully. We just need people out there using their voice. If you are a white male, you know what I'm saying, white female, anything in between, gender preferences, anybody, step out. Use your white privilege to be able to protect everybody else that's coming out along with black people to be able to use everything that they have to push the movement. That's that's what we need right now. We need anybody who's been scared to protest or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Due to coronavirus, I, I, I understand that if you can't protest, your parents won't let you out the house to protest. You're nervous to protest. I get it, there's a pandemic going on, but please, donate, speak up, speak out, and most importantly, and this is a quote directly from Carter Coughlin. again, I know I brought him up twice, but he said, all it takes is one match to light a fire. If you can change one person's heart and they can change another person's heart and they can change another person's heart to be able to see the truth and what's really going on and to show love and to show unity, then one match will light the fire. So if you can't go out and peacefully protest, if you can't go out because you don't want to catch COVID, Winston delatibu the third. I completely understand. I definitely get it. However, you could be a match that could light a fire and spark somebody's heart, whether it be with words over the phone, writing a letter, writing a post, because social media is so huge right now, just be the match that lights the fire.
0: Well, um... Do you have anything else like any closing words anything you wanted to bring up that we didn't bring up?
1: I mean I, I have I have a quote I have a quote I can leave everybody with. yeah, please. Quote from my my guy Malcolm X I'm for truth no matter who tells it. I'm for justice no matter who it who it is for or against. I'm a human being first and foremost and as such, I'm for whoever and whatever benefits humanity as a whole so that's that's my quote that's something i've been holding close to my heart as i've been reading up sleepless nights trying to go ahead and fathom everything that's going on that's something that i constantly have been stumbling upon so i wanted to leave everybody with that
0: awesome well thank you for coming on and um we'll just leave it at that thank you to everyone for listening um yeah thank you